we rolling? We are now rolling. Yes. Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. <laughs> me, 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 me. Okay, anytime. Hello and welcome to the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. Hey, how's it going? I'm super good. I hit the record button before you were ready, <laughs> you but sure we're going to friggin' go through this anyway. <laughs> so my name is Scott Westby. Hey, I'm Matt Waterworth. We are Full Swing Productions, and every week we bring you news, tips, and interviews in the film, video, and digital, and screen industries oh, yeah. uh, of Alberta. Mm. How are you feeling today, Matt? Good, good. Okay. Busy. I've got Busy. people at my house, family visiting, right. stampedes going on. Stampede was fun, though. Yeah, oh, you did night. it last yeah. night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, did it rain on you? Uh, only at the very end. And nice. we, I even got seating at the grandstand undercover, too. But I think, yeah, I think it was no, like, literally, we were like, oh, great, show ended. Yay, fireworks are done. I'll leave out the other door, and it's now raining. Raining. Yeah. Well, that's pretty pretty handy. Yeah, it was good. Did you pay five bucks to get in? Well, no, we we bought tickets. Oh, to the grandstand right. show, so that and that you includes in. your right. admission, okay. yeah. Because they've dropped the price to five bucks yesterday. Oh, really? It's like a one-day only thing, and now today they've just announced that they're doing five <laughs> bucks again. Oh no! Oh no! It was a little light, like the crowds yeah. weren't that I heavy. I cannot though. imagine. It's got to be just a brutal, yeah. brutal year for for yeah, the stampede. Yeah, people working rides and stuff were saying like, "This, you're here on the best day. This is the best day to be here." And I'm like, "What weather-wise?" And they're like, "Yeah, it's raining every single day." Yeah. Wow. Whoops. It's tough. Yeah, so uh, let's just dive quickly to the In Plain View corner. Yes, sure. Yeah. What's your deal? Uh, I've been taking the Werner Herzog Masterclass. Uh, of course. Took a great lesson uh, about... the. So lesson number one, I, I don't know if I should give things away. I feel like that's... That's fine. Anyway, you're you can't right. copyright information. Lesson one is watch films. Right. So he suggests some films to watch and like breaks down some scenes. Lesson two is read books. And he talks about this amazing book called The Peregrine. About this, uh, by this author who we know almost nothing about, wrote one book, but it's like a masterpiece. But what he's doing in the book is intently watching a peregrine over, I don't know how long, weeks and weeks, maybe years. Um, and he like becomes the peregrine at times. And, and it's like, and so Werner's saying, like, this is, this is a look into like a slice of the world. And this is how you should think as a filmmaker. You know, you he's like that hyper focus. Yeah, yeah. Right. Because that's what we do as films. We we take a slice of reality and then we make it a story. And this is exactly what's happening in this book. So, mm -hmm. I got to read it. Cool. Next assignment. I like that. Yeah. How about you? Uh, I'm good. We we kind of did our kickoff week this week. Where yeah, we, it was we, a lot we, of meetings. We were in meetings pretty much all week, um, which made it tough to get our, our commercial and corporate stuff continuing. But uh, we somehow made it work with very little sleep. Um, and we drove up to Edmonton and, and, and chatted with the AMF and we chatted with ACTRA uh, in Calgary and we, we met with some filmmakers and uh, producers and directors, some uh, some of whom we've had on the podcast, some we have not. And yeah. uh, it, it was awesome. I, I feel like I've got... Uh, every single person helped us immensely with direction and, and advice. And Absolutely. In ways that we never could have foreseen no. in, uh, sometimes too. And, and some of the meetings were like, well, we're, I mean, we're up in Edmonton you know let's let's meet this yeah person. just say hi yeah say hi and then it was like oh my god thank god we <laughs> met with this person because yeah. we would have been fucked without them well we can i think we can say those th those names one of them is adam bentley today uh, on the show today yeah yeah yeah, yeah. We, yeah he was great yeah uh and then we met with adam scorgy yeah. of course who, who blew my mind in the producing realm and was just like yeah yeah he kind of freaked me out but in a good way and for like, sure yeah. for sure uh and that's what we need yeah and then dylan pierce also for, uh, been on the show uh, amazing uh, and gave us so many great resources and yeah. tips for how he directs and and it's it's so awesome how how the advice changes when it's like I'm actually making a movie and, right and yeah, the advice yeah. Like, it becomes very specific <laughs> yes. and it becomes it's not theoretical anymore yeah for sure um, and then we met with Dean Bennett and Robert Cuffley in Calgary uh, yes. the next day and um, yeah it's been blowing my mind and mm -hmm. we always we always talk about how accessible and open people in this industry are to sharing information and and, and mentoring and helping people out um, 
and it's been a little while since I think that I felt that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and wow, did it ever uh, show itself in, in spades this week? For sure, so. yeah. No, I think I, I agree. I think we've with this podcast and in other ways taking on uh, practicum students. Uh, it's felt like oh, we're we're the ones doing some mentorship and, and, and leading. Yeah. Now we're in uncharted territory, and we need we need mentorship again. So yeah, so just just kind of reiterates how supportive our industry is. Um, so thanks to everyone that uh, that we met with, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure there'll be many more people that we're that we're meeting with in the future. So uh, yeah, a bit of a bit of a positive spin on on kind of a negative week or just in the news in general oh yeah Yeah. what a terrible week for sure but good news in the alberta film industry is that fargo season three coming back hooray to alberta which is nice this one with the real movie star Mm -hmm. and a ton of emmy nominations for albertans yeah like amazing fargo got 18 emmy nominations but a lot of them were in the craft and technical stuff and there's iatsi members who were celebrating and it's not going up against game of thrones did you read that no because it's like a limited series, oh, series kind of thing, right? It doesn't have to compete against the juggernaut that is. Oh, that's course. pretty sweet. Yeah, and um, HBO most Emmy nominations for like the sixteenth year in a row or something like that. Amazing. Yeah. So who's in this season though, Matt? Who's the star? Ewan McGregor. Oh my god! Playing two roles. That's pretty cool. That is um, super cool. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, to but yeah, major congrats to all the Alberta uh, Emmy nominees. That's amazing. How exciting is that? Super exciting. Um, and it, it falls on the heels of other good news, um, which kind of ties into Lara Tyon's episode last week about leaving Calgary. Mm-hmm. But um, our good friend and excellent comedic actor, Andrew Fung, was cast um, in a CBC comedy in Toronto. We're a bit late on this news, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, but he's there now. He's there I think now. Yeah, he's now officially yeah. there. He actually yeah. was going to do a show at the Stampede. Um, yes. But kind of stopped doing that. Yeah, I was just thinking about it. I was like, oh, yeah. I'll see Andrew Fung doing that. Oh, no, no he's, he's gone. in Toronto. Yeah. yeah. So the show's called Kim's Convenience. Um, and I. I'm not sure about Andrew's career plans, but I'm guessing it's one foot into Toronto, and I don't know if that foot yeah. will ever leave there. But yeah. uh, uh, it's huge news, and he's he's listed in the the lead cast. And, yeah, well, uh, hopefully it get, gets canceled. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Andrew, we really hope your show gets canceled, so you'll come back here. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, of course. He's hilarious. Um, there was a, a call out on the Fava newsletter um, for a production that's seeking locations uh, in Edmonton. So... Um, Check out fava.ca uh, for this call out. But if you know um, of an old money house, mm. maybe brick or a Victorian that's formal, or a cute house, cute house, something with character and a second floor window, um, and a parking lot with lights, if you have these locations or have access to them, um, give uh, Lay Riven Bark a shout out. The show is called Bra- Breathing Through a Straw, um, and you can find out more information about this call out uh, on the Fava website. Nice. Yeah. So who's on the podcast? We we sort of like I said, Adam yeah. Bentley. We're talking about uh, his career as a filmmaker and uh, the the organization that he organizes and kind of um, administers called uh, YEG Film. So yeah, it was we haven't been up to Edmonton in nearly recently enough, yeah, but yeah. Uh, this was good to get up there and chat with somebody. Um, and I and we'd never met him before. All right, yeah, have, yeah, yeah. Nor had I. Yeah. So here's that conversation. Here he is, cool guy. Hello. Yay! Here we are in Edmonton, and uh, we were with a fellow named Adam. Care to introduce yourself? Yes, hi. I'm uh, I'm Adam Bentley. I'm filmmaker in Edmonton, and I am the uh, I am YG Film. I am the executive producer, the um, the disseminator of film news. That's all me. That's awesome. What? Sorry. And so, what is it? Yeah. (laughs) What exactly is YG Film? Well, it is, a, I guess, an online community for accelerating um, film production, 
um, film networking, uh, finishing your films, distributing your films, uh, and not just promoting my own work, but helping right. other filmmakers in the community. So, um, and how, how does it manifest itself? Is it a website or a, a, a CSAF has a Yahoo group in Calgary, which is old school, but like, so I guess, where can people find you and tap into that kind of resource? So we have a, we have a Facebook group. It's YEG Film. Okay. We also have the Twitter account, YEG Film, or at YEG Film. And I have a, a um, like web, website. I haven't updated it lately, but yegfilm.ca. Cool. Yeah. And what was the genesis of this idea? Like, maybe well, let's even back up. Let's back up even further mm-hmm. and tell us about uh, you as the a early days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your story? So I, uh, I've always been interested in, I guess, the challenge of trying to tell stories visually and in as few words as possible, which is ironic because I like to talk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I got my uh, bachelor's degree in film from Queens. Oh, nice. And since then. Um, I've produced about mm, seven or eight shorts, uh, some of which have uh, achieved um, festival success. Yeah. One got on Air Canada, one got on CBC, another has been distributed to sort of film festivals around North America. Um, and right now I'm focusing on writing a feature like a lot of filmmakers yeah, are that's trying great. to do. No, it's the perfect stepping stone for sure. What? Uh how was Queens? Like, tell yeah, us about that yeah, program. We've never talked about that. About that. Yeah. So it's a, it was a very small program uh, at the time when I was there. I, I went uh, in the like I got my degree there in the mid two thousands. Um, they were based in uh, two sort of small houses that had been put together, and it was very like you had you have the intimate sort of right. setting. Everyone was working together. How many uh, how many students were in the program? Uh, I would say, like students who took classes in film, probably about. 150 to 200 okay. but in terms of students like majoring in it um probably like no more than like 100 or so across wow. all four years um oh damn yeah it was pretty right. small yeah um and uh it was mostly focused on film theory okay because uh, it was a small program and there was like a lot of courses related to documentary production and theory and also a focus on sort of national national and international cinema uh, and uh, sort of Canadian film and television history. Right. Was that super boring or exciting? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, to the lay person, I can understand why it would be seen as boring. But if you're a Canadian and it's really interesting seeing how certain, I guess, tropes or ideas of Canadian film, um, like where they come from, and how they influence what Canadians are and aren't watching of their own national right. film and television. And did you track, um, I'd love to hear your opinion on the popularity of Canadian film and television in Canada over the years. Is that Was that something that you discussed at all in class? Because I know it comes and goes. Yeah, I mean, like obviously it is definitely an industry that is fully supported by the government. Right. Like if, you know, when the government moves, Canadians watch. When they don't move, Canadians ignore it. Uh, it lives or dies by the government funding, right? Um, even if it goes through like a third party. Um, but in general, what we found is that uh, in the past, Canadians don't really like to see themselves on television because they see Americans through the lens of film and television, and they see those are the ones who are meant to be watched, right? And when Canadians watch themselves in film and television, it's like looking at yourself in a mirror. It makes it's very unsettling, or like listening to yourself, you know, on the phone or mm. something like that. It's like you feel very unsettled by hearing yourself. 
That's cool. So it's like that look at me mentality that America does so well. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe that's what <laughs> right. kind of puts us off. Yeah, that's interesting. From ourselves. That's kind of cool. It reminds me of, uh, there was a TV show, I think it was called Whistler out of BC. Yes. About like, you know, snowboarders and, and, and skiers and things. And, and apparently the the community in Whistler hated it. And the same was true in Calgary when, when Wild Roses happened. People in Calgary did not like it because it was, you know, portraying them as, as rich and cowboys, cowboys and, and oil barons, yeah, and yeah. which a lot of them are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that was because we see those people as like a part of us. Right. And we're like, we're all this big community. Right. Whereas in the States, everyone is sort of separate and doing their own thing. Like you feel less of an affinity towards what that other person, you know, what that Kardashian is doing right, or what right. that Hill is doing right. or something like yeah, that. There's a detachment that allows you to judge, I guess. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> but the kinds right. of films and television shows like from Canada that have been popular are um, those that where we, use like the Canadian lens to look uh, beyond our borders, beyond our minds. Uh, right. Films like um, Incendie, mm-hmm. do you remember that one? Yeah. Um, I mean, that was a Canadian and yeah. features a Canadian you know, actor, but you're looking beyond, presumably a Lebanon, I think. Right. Uh, and in the way Whistler might have been like that in that, if I recall, it focuses on Australians. Oh, or, does it? I didn't. I never saw I, it. I didn't see it. Really? <laughs> that, I never that saw it. That makes sense, though, yeah. But there's a lot of, like, Australians, right. you know, in there. And then I think that that is interesting mm-hmm. because you can look at, you know, how we are perceived by others, which is obviously a, a Canadian right. insecurity. Right, indeed. <laughs> yes. That's what it feels like, yeah. And that's maybe why those are more popular. Huh. Yeah. So uh, what do you leave Queens with? What's the, you probably already said it, but what's the certificate or master's uh, or? It's a, a Bachelor of Arts. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't think, that, when I was there, they weren't in the BFA program. Okay. But they might be now because they have since moved in with um, like all the fine arts programs right. and stuff like that. Okay, cool. And they have a brand new building. I visited there last fall. I got a grant oh. to go there from oh. the AFA. Nice. And uh, Made you jealous? Yeah, maybe yeah. a little bit jealous. Yeah. But, you know, I liked it like that. There was a lot of new facilities and new equipment, but it didn't have that lived in feeling. Right. Like that homey feeling right, that right. the film house had. That you miss. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a whole Facebook group called like R.I.P. Film House. <laughs> really? And nice. there's p- pictures of like. Oh, that's cool. The old school. Like, yeah. 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 So uh, what would you say is the uh, if, if you're an Edmonton filmmaker? What's from your perspective, kind of curating the, the deadlines and, and information that you do? What's the what's the the first step if you if you want to get started in Edmonton? Because we're a little deficient. We live in Calgary, so we're not always here. So I'd love to hear your perspective on like what's the getting started thing to do in Edmonton. Well, I guess shameless self promotion <laughs> is to sign up at YEG Film, right? Uh, and then just put your name out there and you know what your skills are or what your interests are and what you want to you know, get more involved in and actually show up to things, not right. just say you're going to do those yes. things right. and not yes. do it. For sure. uh, obviously, you can join FAVA, which is the filmmakers co-op mm-hmm. in, uh, in Edmonton, and they have a pretty friendly crowd and you can take one of their courses and uh, join, you know, their um, newsletter uh, recipient list and they have they list events and stuff happening. Right. And you can just like meet people through various events through the Edmonton International Film Festival through like um, uh, the documentary festivals, through other festivals right. and stuff like that. 
And what what's the way to get money? That's that's what I'm always interested in, and especially if there are any like funds. Edmonton Arts Council, I think, is one that maybe might not be provincial, but might only be open to Edmontonians. What's yeah, the Edmonton Arts Council definitely has uh, some grants. Uh, they have the individual project grants. Right. Uh, they have the micro grants oh, okay. for um, like really emerging filmmakers. They have that. We don't have any of that. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. Yeah. Damn it. They they just um, changed the criteria to make it a lot more difficult for people to get it because right. it became really popular. Right. <laughs> and they were just yeah. it was draining their time. I bet a lot of applications. Yeah. Yeah. But I would say the best advice for getting money is try to make a film where you don't need money. Right. Right. <laughs> and because I mean, if you look at it, like if you think of your film, let's say like a like a business investment, you want to put as little in to get as much out. Not to say you shouldn't spend money, but think about like realistically, like, you know, most people are not working with multi-million dollar budgets. So think about what you can produce and that limits your options significantly, which I think can, um, which can like inform your writing and and stuff and limits the directions you can go in. That's a piece of advice that we always give too is, is start small. Um, Because people blow their brains out quickly um, thinking that they can make the next Lord of the Rings. uh, (laughs) And I'm one of those people. Yeah. And then they realize maybe a bit too late that they cannot or that it wasn't what they hoped it would be. Yep. And then that's the kind of, I think it might sour their experience. Totally. Making films. I am definitely guilty of this. If you heard of the sophomore film syndrome. Oh, no. I haven't heard of it, but I I can guess what it is. Yeah. It's well, it's like the same as the sophomore play syndrome where basically you make one film. And you like it turns out to be like a reasonable success, and then you make your second film because you think you're uh, you're, you know you're you're, all that you're all that nothing can touch you, and then it turns out to be like you put way too much into it, and it turns out to be like relative to what you put in a huge disaster. Right, and then you have to that's when you question your whole existence. (laughs) (laughs) The trough of sorrow, as the Uh, uh, developers call it. That's exactly yeah. Yeah, that that can hurt because of course you think like all right, well if I step it up now, I'm going to be able to do even better and. It, it, it might not be a failure, but yeah, even even if you're if you're not magnifying your first success, that can hurt. It's funny too, because because it's it's famously known that it's harder to get your second film made, yeah, than your first one, yeah, um, because you're a known quantity at that point, right? People can see what you can do, so the um, expectations, are so the higher. expectations are much higher, or yeah, or it's or it's a bad thing if you didn't make a great first film, right? Where it's like, oh, he's or she is is fine, yeah. But, <laughs> but I found that the second films often make more money than the first films. Not necessarily they don't have as many, or they have an equal number of viewers, but they make more money. Mm. Like a good way to check the, I guess, financial success of films is to use corporate registries. Because of course, most features are registered under an individual corporation and then the corporation is dissolved when the feature is done. And let's say, for example, um, Xavier Dolan, of course, uh, Quebec filmmaker. uh, If you go onto the Quebec corporate registry and check um, the the uh, like the expenses or the the revenues and expenses by the individual corporations, you'll find that his second film made like four times as much as his first film, oh, even though like no one knows what his second film is. But of course, huh. everyone knows about J2A Ma Mère. Right. Wait, you can do that? Yeah, it's you on can there. just look up like the the revenue generated by like corporations. Is that? Yeah. Well, wow. as long as they're publicly listed. Right. Uh, well. They all, they're all public listed in that sense, but like you don't, you can't look at like individual breakdowns of who makes what, but they, but each province, it differs, but in Quebec, you can look at the numbers, hmm. um, the individual, like the totals, I guess. Right. Right. Holy shit. 
That makes yeah. sense. Would that would that be though? Like, let's say you got a couple million from telephone or something. Does that count towards that? Or yes, right, be revenue, like yeah. total revenues, right. total gotcha. expenses. It, you can't see from where the like where it came from, right. but right. they're just the numbers. Interesting. Though. That's very interesting hmm. to know. That's, is that's online? You can just kind of find. Yeah, you go to. That's I'm going to do this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's interesting. That's wicked. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. So what's uh, what's the um, What's the Northern Alberta relationship? Are you are you kind of? I know Fava tries to be kind of open open to that because there, there's a map of Alberta in front of me here, and, and <laughs> there's a lot north of Edmonton. Like, yeah, Edmonton's it, actually kind of south. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what is the uh, what is that like? I know Fort McMurray. You know, we've had Tito Guillen on the podcast before, and uh, mm. and what they're doing up in Fort Mac is pretty cool. Is there is there kind of a a loop in there too, or is it just? Uh, I think they say that they're for Northern Alberta. Um, I think there's a few filmmakers that, like Tito, for example, yeah. I'm not sure if he's a member of Fava, but um, who are active and I hear this and that. Um, but uh, there's not much in terms of like what I hear about. Mm-hmm. Of course, everyone knows about Real Shorts Film Festival right, yeah. in Grand Prairie, which is a fairly big, yeah. important film festival. Um, but um, I haven't heard much else about what's going on mm. film-wise up there. Up there. It's pretty sparse. <laughs> it's pretty sparse for sure. And I mean, the, the, uh, there's a small filmmaker population even in cities of a million people. It's true. Right. So yeah. when you're talking tens of thousands, then it's a yeah. lot smaller. Oh, yeah. So what about more about you as a filmmaker? What was your first film? My first film, it was actually called uh, I Never Told Anyone. Okay. And this is uh, about uh, a friend of mine who um, he was like, like I knew him through uh, like I forget who it was, but anyway. So, uh, about uh, I I just played with the uh, medium of video and stuff to show how could someone confess to a crime, but then also have the victim simultaneously admit or to being a victim. And in this case, it was like the father admitting that he abused his son, and the son uh, admitting, but like, con- like in that sense, sure. opening up, sharing right, right. to his. Uh, mother that he had been victimized and I based it off of a monologue that I found um, and the mother simultaneously finds both shorts or sorry, both videos and oh, so cool. like I found like, I made sure to record the television screen while it was playing and right. I don't think I necessarily actually put the raw video into it I only put the view of the television screen okay. and then the view of the mother and stuff like that in there and that was back in 2007 i think i got into a couple of film festivals that's interesting that's pretty heavy yeah it was very heavy <laughs> yeah they say your first film is usually your heaviest. Angst, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah um was this after queens this was right when i was finishing up right as you're finishing yeah so so it, was, it was like a student it was like a summer student sure project. Yeah, yeah yeah my first i guess after queens project was i was sort of finishing up like while i was in fourth year i had a special projects course it was called loose kitchen and it was a documentary about this um this teenage culinary prodigy in Kingston the chef Luke and I worked at the restaurant and he was such an eccentric character he's like he was like 16 or 17 at the time and he was wow. doing like molecular gastronomy Whoa, my god and so obviously you got to like document that yeah so I back in the days of tape I probably recorded about 20 tapes worth of just like b-roll wow and I put it together in like a 12 and a half minute video and um I submitted it to the Kingston Canadian Film Festival, which is a pretty fun fe- little film festival there. And it got in, which was, I think, my first film to get into a festival. And But they took me aside after it and they said, 
Adam, like your film is so good, but it's so controversial. Mm. Apparently the committee was divided because some of the people know Luke and his family oh. and they said, if this gets out, like it'll make right. them look bad. Uh, right. But mm. other half said, no, this is like really entertaining. Right, right, right. And my belief has always been like, love me or hate, love my films or hate my films. At least you got to feel something. Right. And the film wasn't like critical of Luke. It was just because like he's naturally eccentric. Right. And, uh, like he shining his, a, shining a light on it maybe yeah exactly yeah. and he and his mother have a very close relationship like it's just the nature of like the camera as they say doesn't lie right yeah interesting <laughs> huh. so documentary was that was a big part of queens yes and and so that kind of fed into it so what what tell me more about this the the documentary did did you just sit him down and do questions for hours or uh i did some of those to sort of inform the footage right um, but most of it was just like cinema verite, either myself or um, like my, a classmate of mine who's working with in the project. We would just hang around the restaurant and film stuff. Oh, cool. Or we'd say like, um, can I come in and film you for like a couple hours while you're, I knew he'd be doing something interesting that afternoon. So I said, can I film that? And so he says, sure. Like for example, um, he did butchery. So cool. at one point he, like, he uh, like brought an entire pig's head. Whoa. And he carved the thing up into like various pieces, Whoa. which was amazing on camera. I bet. And I had to shorten the scene because I did a testing of a test with the audience and people were like getting nauseous. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, it put people off, definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But like I found as I was filming it, I remember like filming it through the camera wasn't that bad. It's right, when I right. looked beyond the camera and I was like, <laughs> oh, this is real. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was like, who? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when did you come back to Edmonton? Uh, I'm actually from ottawa originally okay, okay. so right. i moved to edmonton uh, so what made you come to edmonton work not that's not film right, gotcha. yeah. <laughs> same reason that everyone else moves to edmonton yeah fair enough. <laughs> um but uh i moved here about five years ago and i always knew that i wanted to get involved in the film community here yeah because by coincidence uh someone who i met right before leaving um before leaving Ottawa, he started working at uh, Saw Video, which is Ottawa's equivalent to Fava. Okay. And uh, he sort of suggested to me, hey, you forgive me in Edmonton, you got to join Fava, do all this stuff. Yeah. And I've name dropped him a few times enough <laughs> to know that like, he's a good guy, I guess. Yeah. And, right. Uh, like, I, I, I may be living a bit off his reputation a bit. <laughs> nice. <Let's> Dope. <laughs> cool. Um, so you moved here five years ago. Yeah. And how many, how many, so you made six shorts or seven, you said? Uh, like six or seven, six or seven. shorts. How many were done in Ottawa? Um, about, at this point, it's now about half and half. Half and half? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I'm finding that like a lot of the films I'm making now, like the shorts and stuff are like much shorter and much more simple than what I did before. So I can just do like a few a year. Right. Um, and living off of favors and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, How do you finance them? Uh, favors. Favors. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, sometimes I have got a couple of grants. Yeah. And I have like one grant that I recently received this spring that I'm... Yay. Yeah, I know. Congrats. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm going to be working on this that short film uh, this summer. Uh, but the others are just sort of like taking money that I made from the previous film if I actually did make money right. and then putting it into putting the next back one. into the next one, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so when you first moved here, how soon was it until you could make, like you kind of had enough of a foothold in the industry to actually make something? Well, I would say, I'll tell you like within four or five days of moving here, I was at Fava's right. office yeah. uh, filling out a membership application. Awesome. Um, and then I think I made, actually my actual own first short was about probably like a year later when I made a uh, teenage dance. Um, that was the one that got on CBC, but I did uh, write 
a short that someone else made called uh, Graphic Equipment, and then another one called Good Video. Um, I wrote those. I didn't direct them. Right. Uh, yeah. What, and what about the CBC? Is this short film face-off or what was the... It was just uh, Cadian Reflections. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, okay. So that was, which one was that? Uh, teenage Dance. Teenage Dance. What was that about? It's about a teenager trying to decide whether to attend a school dance uh, like as they appear to others or as they feel themselves. And oh, cool. it's sort of about like, like a transgender teen. Okay. And... Um, it's obviously something that we're talking about a lot Usually, yeah. right now. So mm-hmm. it's a topical film. Yeah. So I, su- I sent it to the Winnipeg Film Group, you know, Western Canada's main distributor for shorts. They loved it. And then they sent it to like a dozen different places. And one of the places was CBC. Cool. Uh, what's the Winnipeg Film Group? I, it, feel, I feel dumb for not knowing this. That sounds awesome. You should know about them. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, been... I know about them, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> but they... tell us what they are just for both of us. <laughs> So they're also like, um, you know, they're like Winnipeg's equivalent to FAVA or to okay. um, C- CSIF. CSIF, yeah. that's right. Um, and uh, they have, a, but they're like bigger because there's only one of them in Manitoba. Right. Right. Uh, they're a Cinematheque. They're a distributor. They're yeah. a filmmaker's co-op. How are they a distributor as well? That's interesting. I think because no one else is. Right. I mean, you have to ask them about their history, huh. but they, if you have a short film in Western Canada, you go through them. That sounds like a great tip. That is a great tip. Thank you. Something to think yeah. About, yeah. And they're like a nonprofit distributor, right. so their contracts aren't convoluted and evil. Amazing. Right. Huh. Nice. I'm glad that you know this now, Matt. You, me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it sounds like you've had some success with grants. What What are your grant writing tips? Like, how do you? Uh, I guess have low expectation. Number one. Okay. Expect to like, expect to get a no. Expect yeah. to get a no, but like figure out a system so that you can write them quickly and have things to talk about. Uh, be specific. Um, have like just like you were asking for money from anyone, like be nervous about it and be be specific. Um, write exactly what you want to do and how you're going to do it. Make sure you've done as much of your preparatory work in advance before doing the application. Uh, for a documentary, this might mean actually recording like all your footage, uh, which is unfortunate, but right, right, it's the easiest way to get it done, I guess. Sure. Um, if it's like a narrative, you know, make sure you've done your casting. You've done your. Um, That's a good tip. A lot of people don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Do your casting. Get your your key crew in. Get your locations done. If it's your cast, um, if like let's say you have a particularly important actor or actress, put in the application that you know I only have this person during these dates. This is why I need this money. I need now. I don't have the time to raise additional funding right, right, or yeah. something like that. So like have like a ah, add some urgency. Exactly. Add All urgency. Right, yeah add like a specific goal don't just say oh i'm making this film to advance my film career right. i've tried that a couple of times it doesn't work <laughs> yeah not as powerful as i have to make this movie in the next yeah. six months or whatever um partner with a non-profit group mm. that's another good one because don't ever make a film on your own not right. just making a film but like don't ever just have a film exist on its own right um so you have that non-profit group can use it for their promotion let's say or just as part of loosely related to whatever their thing is that they're doing so i've heard about this winnipeg film group is that what it's called? Winnipeg. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they have they have grants as well. Oh, okay, cool. But I think you have to be a Manitoba filmmaker right, to I would get think them. So. I would hope so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can't that would be evil. Okay. Alberta starts applying to yeah, other yeah, grants. No doubt. <laughs> so uh what's uh what's what are your kind of what's your plan and, and goals for, for YEG film? Is it okay to call it Yeg film? Is that, yeah, yeah. Is that cool? Okay. What do you call it? I just call it YEG film. Y E G film. Yeah. That that's what we'll call it. It feels like it wants to be called Yeg film, but we're from we're from Calgary, so we're done. <laughs> Do people call it Yeg 
film in Calgary? Can, no, just, I'm jealous of Edmonton because you can say Yag. It's a word. Yeah. Calgary has to be YYC, which yeah. is just too many letters for me. <laughs> so, so what was the problem that you were solving when you started it? I would say that I found that um, there was a... Um, well, first of all, I didn't start YG Film. I should oh, okay. point that out. Oh. Uh, a guy named Curtis Alexander started it. Okay. And when he got busy with other priorities, uh, he, I guess, gave it to me and I took it over. And um, I've like diminished it a lot in what its expectations are because he was having many like monthly meetings and stuff like that. I just do it all, keep it all online. Gotcha. But uh, I guess he started it to fill uh, a void for like a lack of uh, cohesive community for emerging filmmakers because mm. he found that like at fava there's uh like a small group of um, very committed filmmakers and it's hard to get in to like the committed group if you're just starting right. but so it's like a platform to like you know help those new newest filmmakers uh you know meet other filmmakers or anyone involved in the production industry uh to connect those emerging like the new crew and stuff right, like that yeah, yeah, to yeah. filmmakers so that they can, you know, find... Kind of help uh, they bubble up together. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so they work together and, you know, they all, hopefully they can they get a bit of money as well, a bit of income right. going and just a place that they can talk about their, like a, a non-judgmental place right. to talk about their film. Where it's okay to not problems. be a, a professional, quote-unquote, filmmaker and it's okay to just want to make movies and... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. you know what? If you're making a film and you're spending money on it you're professional oh totally yeah yeah, yeah. no no we'll be the first to say that too but i mean i I think there's a lot of uh, imposter syndrome yeah in this industry yeah and a lot of people feeling like they're they're fake and they don't belong here so even just having like that support group of people being like we all kind of feel this way totally that's okay totally that's that's not a bad thing and i've set aside like i've set up ground rules on the page to say like what is appropriate and inappropriate um so i say you know no spammy porn (laughs) No spam. Porn's okay. Just porn. no spamming porn. That's right. <laughs> porn's okay. No spamming porn. Uh, technically film. Yeah, technically <laughs> film. It is art. Yeah. Um, but uh, to say like it's a respectful group, product. You know, uh, you can have critical discussion, but be productive about it. Right. You know, don't just if you're going to say something critical, say something positive or or something productive right. like as well. The criticism sandwich. You know about the criticism sandwich? Yes. Yeah? Okay, hold on. <laughs> like, Everyone this, knows about everything. There may be an audience of people who haven't if heard of it. If you haven't listening. heard of the criticism sandwich and you want to give someone criticism, here's the tip. Start with something positive and then give your criticism and then finish with the other piece of bread, something positive. <laughs> and it will feel, it will taste more delicious mm, to the yeah. person that is getting the criticism. Easier to swallow that. Yeah. Right. But what about like... and. For the person who's getting the criticism, like they know they're getting the sandwich. You know right? when you get the sandwich. Yeah, yeah. They but know. you know what? I've, I've known when I'm getting the sandwich, yeah. and I'm cool with it because I'm like, I'm like, I can take this criticism because I know the next compliment's on its way. Oh yeah, it's gonna get, and it's gonna be a sweet one. Like, but all in all, good job. Like, yes, I know it. I knew it. That's great. So, uh, is there is there any like I'd love to see it grow? Is what I is what I'm thinking. Is there is there a plan for maybe a little film festival or, or some sort of a? Well, I've sort of reached out to other film festivals to try to get um, preferential access for oh, those who are members. Sure. But I find that uh, a lot of the people who are on the YG Film page are members of like Fava and right. other organizations. Right. So it would sort of be duplication. Right. Um. So it's more like do it yourself and like minimalist uh, mm-hmm. ass- digital assistance. Right, right, we right. do have a, I think we set up a page once called like edmontonfilms.com and there are some films on there. Uh, it's mostly like YouTube and Vimeo links I, and some music videos. I'm not sure if it's been updated, um, but there's like projects here and there. I would like to figure out a way to um, start seeing if there's a way to, you know, 
get the YG film name out there beyond Edmonton mm-hmm. to say so people can you know use our our ident our little logo people know that it is like a f- not just a film from Edmonton but a film of Edmonton right right um, not to, not necessarily saying you have to have certain things in your film right. but people know that like that's the brand or something right, like right. that yeah that'd be good um, so what yeah. is what is the what kind of tasks are you kind of in charge with as far as administering this group goes? Is it like monitoring the Facebook page and, or, or like, are you connecting people and like, what is it, what does your involvement look like? I guess. So I guess I do monitor the Facebook page and I have access to the, I administer the Twitter account and the Instagram okay. account. Um, usually, obviously I'm limited to, I can only post like what I am doing or right. seeing. I encourage people to tweet at me right? and I retweet stuff or I'll engage with them. Um, like I was just talking to someone about a roller derby short that's mm. funded by a story, like story hive right now. Oh, cool. So I was just talking to them about that and you know, they tweeted at me, so I appreciate it. Yeah. I get a few more, few more followers and, um, yeah, that's basically what I do. Mm-hmm. It's mostly digital administration. Right. That's cool. And I, I think that's, that's the most important part to something like this, right? Like a community is only so good as the people who are kind of sharing yeah. the news, right? And spreading yeah. the word. Mm-hmm. And also I found that. Like if I realize that uh, if I spend more time doing administration, I have less time doing actually making films. Right, right, right. So I do sort of the minimum to simplify. Yeah, to keep it going and simplify it exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what about you as a filmmaker? What's next? You said you're writing a feature. Is that is that your? Yeah, I'm even writing a feature. Like we just had a I led a screenwriting group this year. Oh, okay. So that was I guess the one real world project that YG Film did is that we had five sessions every two months where we had a committed group of people who uh, we met for like a one Sunday all day and it was catered breakfast and lunch delicious yeah we sequestered them in in a in someone's living room nice and we said you know bring your scripts like have this step done by this day you know send it to everyone we'll read it and uh, we'll critique it and uh, at the beginning we had like 15 people and by the end we had four (laughs) but you know what four complete feature scripts wow not bad that's right. awesome. That yeah, you have you have a finished feature at the end of it. First draft. First draft. But, yeah. It's yeah. Still, that's, that's the still hardest finished. One. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's got, the hardest draft. Yeah. Exactly. We got some money from Fav to do that. I should point that. Oh, out. that's, that's awesome. great. Awesome. That's awesome. In Dave Cunningham's words, we got beer money. Ah, uh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Mm-hmm. Was that a little partnership, or is there some sort? Of... Yeah, like a little partnership. Okay. Cool. Um, I think that we're trying to arrange a, uh, like a sometime in the fall or winter, like a script reading. Okay. So, so once these uh, writers have polished off their scripts, we'll get some actors or some or potentially each other and we'll do a read with the um favis screenwriting class uh, as well cool, to bring cool. in some other scripts nice um yeah, i haven't picked a date yet but i'll let you know yeah please do yeah, yeah we'll share good. it for sure yeah awesome so but but your feature, oh, what, my feature what, what's yeah. what's it all about i guess i would describe it as the um you're gonna ask my one-liner, my no, no, you don't. Have, you don't have to give <laughs> give up the the goods if you, if you don't want to just yet. Uh, Genre or oh yeah. yeah, it's sort of like a slow-burning uh, relationship drama. Okay, cool. Uh, is it's my first feature, right. I like, or first one that I like to produce? Right. Uh, I think have, smaller. Yeah, that. I'm keeping it limited. So I guess it's about a very taboo subject, but that I'm sure everyone has like a story to tell. Okay. It's about um, couples and co-sleeping. What's co-sleeping? Like sleeping in the same bed. Oh, just sharing, oh, like sharing a bed. Cool. Couples and sharing a cool, bed. Cool, cool, cool. And um, obviously it's something that like we assume most couples are doing. Right. Uh, but when you ask a couple about it, especially like with each other or like when there's one of them 
not there. Yeah. They have like nine stories to tell. Of course, <laughs> yeah, everyone's been punched. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to create, like I said, a very simple short, or sorry, simple feature, um, like about a, one partner who's having a lot of difficulties trying and trying and trying to sleep, you know, comfortably. Side, yeah. Her, her new husband, and she just can't do it. But like the main antagonist, like, is within her own head. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, it's sort of along the same style as um, Force Majeure, if you've heard of that film. No. I've heard of it. I, don't, I, don't, I haven't seen it. It was a Swedish film okay. two or three years ago about a family that's caught. They're on a ski trip, and they're caught in a minor avalanche. The uh, wife's first instinct is to clutch her kids and hide under the table. The husband's is to run inside. Oh, shit. <laughs> and then that, like, permanently affects the relationship. Oh, I bet. On. Oh, yeah. And yeah. the film is just like a, like, they just keep going over this moment, like, this moment like over and over again talking about talking about it and the wife like just wants to talk about it and the husband is very like stoic right and because he doesn't say anything that just fuels like her fears and stuff like that yeah and then like um you know they'll like they'll talk about like other couples in the resort and like one couple will say like oh i'm so glad we're not like that (laughs) and then like the other one is like but but then they start how do you know yeah yeah, yeah, yeah and then like every couple starts like scream at each other like in this resort right like as it spreads that's amazing that's cool yeah interesting huh it's a good good film yeah i bet yeah so what's your co-sleeping story uh i'd say that um it's pretty good um but that as i write this i'm fine i find that like i'm thinking of anxieties that like I, i never even thought about before like as i write this character's experiences uh, like I think like whoo I'm glad I'm not like this right. but then like something very small happens and then I, like I start to like get anxious and think oh is it like this character or some of that <laughs> oh my god but then I just write it and right. ignore it and hope to it <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah so it's it's gonna it's gonna be epic alright yes. right. are you are you gonna be applying for grants and things for, it, for uh, development well, what I've been told because I have not applied for a development grant before right is wait till your third draft mm. and then start applying right um and when you apply think about less for commercial uh, grant applications think about you know who your lead actors are going to be mm-hmm. and to show that it is marketable right because if you're like a first-time filmmaker unless you are famous through some other means no one knows who you are in of your course. films so you got to find like an established actor that you can afford to sell your film right um there's a great film's use of that technique, Canadian film called Borealis, if you've heard of it. Oh, yeah. And they got um, uh, a couple of famous actors whose names escape me uh, at the moment, uh, to American and Canadian, to uh, promote their films. You know, they got a couple of Canadian ones to promote it within Canada, and then like an American one to promote it so they can use someone to promote sure. it in the States. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, hmm. it's hugely important. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you can find someone, yeah, definitely very powerful. It's interesting because we've 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 gotten a pre-development grant, um, which is before writing of any draft. Oh. Um, and when we apply, basically with an idea, and we and the the goal is to finish that phase with a treatment, and it's worked pretty well for us. Um, so I'm I'm curious about the advice to wait for a third draft. Um. Depending on that, maybe depending on the organization, I guess would be yeah. the caveat yeah. there. Well, and what's nice too is is if you have some development money, you can hire a casting director mm-hmm. to then kind of work on it. Um, yeah. For for that pre development grant, mm-hmm. did you have any other um, 
like what's called like accessories or attachments. Attachments no. related to it, like so you didn't well, know actor or something like that. A, there was a story editor. Uh, okay, who yeah. would be a consultant, and then there, I think a Vancouver person was also going to read through the treatment and give notes and. But yeah, that was about it. I mean, it, that and that could be different now. You know, the guidelines have changed. Yeah, or we could have lucked out too. Yeah, it's possible yeah, for sure. For sure. Hmm. But we've just gotten that the one time though, right? Have we gotten that one twice pre-development? Just once on that one. Just yeah. once, yeah. And we're working with another group right now. Um, they're the ones who got that pre-development grant, and we're just kind of helping out. Yeah. Um, but that was more of a that that came with a pretty solid business plan, mm-hmm. um, as well as just the the idea for the film. So to sell it and exploit it yeah. abroad and internationally, which I know is a a big focus for Alberta film anyways right now but so anything else you want to chat about um, I or guess I'm curious to to know what you hear or you want to talk about or know about um, when it comes to distribution grants oh yeah have you heard of distribution grants like sp- distribution specific grants or anything like that that sounds like a thing that I would dream yeah, about yeah, yeah what, what is this give well, us your knowledge <laughs> share I, it for I, Matt because I know I don't know anything about distribution grants oh, okay, okay. and I'm but you know more than us who want to pick film yeah. group. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll, yeah, I, I don't have any knowledge about distribution grants, right. but um, I would say, um, I guess some advice to give to you know, your listeners is um, send your stuff to distributors. There's lots of distributors out there and at least one of them will want to show your, your stuff. Your stuff, yeah. I just recently signed an international distribution contract for three of my shorts oh, wow. through a French distributor. Oh my god! So, amazing. Yeah, and the contract was not particularly evil, which is rare for distributors. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> um, and so, uh, talk to them. Get out there. Make sure that when you're producing your film, that you have your end goal in mind. Not just like your ideal audience, but also as it relates to that, like your ideal um, presentation method, mm. so that you have maybe your high quality. You know. Um, finished copy or like a medium quality right. or right. like online, you know, or, you know, if it's that sort of sense. Um, and always think with the finished product because this distributor, you know, is asked a lot of distributors, they ask for a whole bunch of promotional materials right. that I find that I'm having to make up at the end because I right. completely forgot yeah, yeah, yeah. and digi- didn't budget for them. So things like dialogue lists, some of right. them want subtitles if you can yeah. get it. Uh, a lot of them want obviously like music cue sheets. Yeah. Um, obviously, I have a release. I have releases, so that's fine. Right. <laughs> um, posters, that sorts of thing. Textless elements. Textless is, elements is a weird exactly. one, but but yeah, I've had What's to that? that. It's like if you have subtitles or like like a, one year later, like if any of that, you have to be able to deliver a version without that. So they can put their so own put right. different language in. Right. Yeah. 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 So consider all those options when or. or requirements I guess when you're producing your yeah, final yeah. film yeah and you can do that just in chunks just deliver those right. chunks without and they you know but yeah mm-hmm. that's why it's elements but yeah it's a crazy you know, I would love to to hear more about like what were the requirements that you had to meet for this well actually for both Winnipeg Film Group and the, other, the French company you know they said like they want like a, a 1080p version obviously mm-hmm. standard uh, the highest quality possible uh, they want a trailer of at least 30 seconds they wanted an English dialogue list, uh, and they said French if possible, but mm-hmm. not mandatory. Um, po- promotional poster, like the standard biography and um, headshot of myself, the music cue sheet, the uh, info sheet, which was just like information about the film, um, and uh, there was a, like um, 
full cast list. This is just for sure. shorts. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and then what's the, what, what's going to yeah. happen with the, is, is there, is it going to live somewhere for free or is there some sort of revenue stream that might uh, come back to you? And whenever a distributor asks or say, says they're interested in my film, I always ask them like, what's their plan for it? Right. Um, and this distributor said that they're going to commit to um, um, certain film festivals, I think uh, television DVDs. Okay, cool. Um, but I don't know exactly, like they don't have particular ones done yet because I'm still sending them the materials. Right. And they they can't solidify their side until I've right. solidified my side. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people would be interested to see how that whole journey goes for you. So keep us keep us up to date on that. I'm sure we'd love to know. Will do. Yeah, yeah I, know, I know that Alberta Film used, used to have a market export grant yes which mm. which went away but but yes. doesn't sound like it's dead forever maybe um, but that was more about marketing and less about yeah actual like distribution grants is in covering the costs of distribution is that kind of what you're, you're yes. getting at with that yes right I don't know yeah. if I've ever heard of so that so if you have to if you have to hire someone to do a French language translation of it right yeah. yeah like to anticipate these things ahead of time yeah I mean, obviously, it might make your grant application look better to say you've yeah. thought about these things. Yeah, and your budget to look way bigger too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and already, you know, to do it to do a, a ten minute short at like a Hollywood cinema level with with sound post and audio and 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 picture, it's it's thousands, like twenty five thousand dollars, even even if it's just like talking. Yeah, and then to add on, that sounds really important too. Like if if you expect the film to have a life afterwards, you have to be prepared for for you know those eventualities and those requests so yeah it's a big deal mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i i wonder if that yeah i wonder if that falls into like if afa would would accept a grant in that kind of stage of production because i, I think that not in the production stage but i think that for project grants right the project would, is like prepping this film for yeah. international yeah release you can apply for like year i one. would buy that yeah yeah Year one is your development. Yeah. Year two is your production. Right. And yeah. If you can make a strong three. case for it, yeah. And, and and yeah, that's the that's the secret that I didn't really know about until recently is that you can apply just to write the script and then just to shoot, just to do post, and then yeah, maybe distribution, packaging, and, and finishing is mm -hmm. is another section. Our, another piece of advice I have about for grant applications is apply to the most local grants as possible because mm -hmm. they have the smallest application. Pool. Definitely, right? Of course. Yeah, we sit on the board of directors of the CSIF, and we know for a fact that it's it's a small pool, <laughs> pretty low, yeah, for the CSIF grants. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, yeah. yeah. It can be. It's, it's not always, but it yeah, can of course, be. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should join the CSIF. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, you can. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know that there are necessarily uh, rules there. <laughs> Maybe you can. Maybe. I'm going to join Fava. <laughs> I'm going to try. I'm going to take everyone through the process here. Yeah. Joining Fava. See what the, what happens. I have a CSIF story. Oh, okay. is it a bad story? No, it's a good story. Oh, okay. okay, okay. okay. We don't mind dirt. <laughs> no, dish. yeah. It's, it's not like bad. But um, so what's the name of the filmmaker who did a Radiant City and he did... Gary Burns. Gary Burns, yeah. yeah. So I was at the CSIF party at the national music center a couple of years ago it okay. was like their some sort of anniversary party okay and uh some like rumor went around that like gary burns is going to be there or something oh. like that so like everyone's waiting and waiting and waiting. i don't think he ever showed up <laughs> but ever like 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 the party was like really dull because people were like they like were this, like yeah. saving their anticipation energy. exactly <laughs> anticipation saving their energy right. for when gary burns showed up right. and then he like never showed up so the party was sort well. of like low-key and hmm. quiet well that's Huh. But this like rumor <laughs> went around. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Well, it's interesting. He just won Best Filmmaker in Calgary at the Best of Calgary Awards. Um, but I, yeah, I've never met him. I've never I've never seen him. I, yeah, I, I just met him for the first time actually a oh, couple months ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, at the Luma 
committee. Oh, right. Yes. And he was awesome. Huh. I, I, yeah, he was great. I, that's all I can say about him. He was yeah. you, should, you should interview him. Yeah, oh, we for should. sure. Yeah, yeah. He's, mm-hmm. he's definitely a no-brainer. There's a yeah. few. There's a few on the list for sure, but... Yeah. Uh, and I'll ask him why the hell he didn't come to this party. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, where, exactly. where were you doing that night? <laughs> Too there, busy? Yeah. <laughs> He's a member of CSAF, I assume, right? I, I assume so as well. I don't necessarily know for sure. Uh, yeah, I think he used to be anyway. Yeah, you know, certainly but at one point, yeah. Maybe a lifetime member now. Maybe, yeah. He's like Calgary's like biggest filmmaker, right? Well, he's our favorite one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's the most interesting Calgary I filmmaker. I think he's had the highest profile for a long time. I think now with StoryHive and, 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 you know, a lot of... A lot of Names like Spencer Esterbrooks for, for sure are, are, are kind of popping up as well. So yeah, and then there's there's that kind of tier of, of established ones that like Robert Cuffley and, and Grant Harvey, who's yeah. now in Toronto, um, that were sad to lose. But yeah, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of great directors in Calgary, um, and Gary Burns is certainly one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So wh- uh, where can we send people? What's the uh, what's the website again? So the website is yegfilm.ca. Okay. Facebook page yegfilm. Twitter is at YG film, same thing. And then like I said, just a few months ago I started on Instagram. Oh, okay, cool. YG film. Awesome. So, and what about for your films anywhere we can see your films? So, uh, I guess teenage dance is on CBC's website I think okay. for another year. Okay. And then on Fava TV, uh, my short, I see you pee. That was the one about the public bathrooms okay. at White and Gateway, the oh, transparent sweet. ones. Yes, yes. Yeah, I made a little documentary about that. That's awesome. That's the one they got on Air Canada. Ah, oh, the on route film yeah, festival. Yeah, cool. yeah. So um, that one's on Fava TV. Uh, go to that one. Bec- go through that link because every for every two thousand hits I get, I get like a couple of bucks or something nice. like that. Sweet. Yeah. Made twenty five bucks off that film. Yeah. Dope. <laughs> Damn, that's more than we've ever made. <laughs> But just cutting back into that production budget, I'm sure. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yay, paying off. <laughs> Small five yeah. bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I can have lunch. That's awesome. Though. That sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. And and uh, are you on Twitter personally? Or? Uh, I just tweet through YG oh, Film okay. usually because gotcha. uh, it's just there's a wider audience. Yeah, easier to keep it that way. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. It's a pleasure coming in. Yay. Thanks, man. Thanks. Okay. Awesome. Adam Bentley. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, that was that was cool. Appreciate you being on the show. Yeah, and get involved. That's a that's an, a great resource for Edmonton filmmakers. And he had this map. I don't know if we were recording when we talked about this. Yeah, we map did talk of about locations yeah. in Alberta, filming locations. There's a oh, oh yeah, filming yeah, locations. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of a cool little map. It didn't go totally. It didn't even go up north to Red Deer, but yeah, it was like know, westerns. It was <laughs> um, but it was cool. Um, so. What's coming up? News you can use. Yeah, uh, the CMPA has a uh, mentorship program that I really, really highly recommend you check out. There's really only one. They have three programs, but there's really only one that's um, uh, that Albertans will be would be eligible for, and that's right. the CMPA Screen Based Media Production Program. So what's that? It's it's a it's a gimmick where you uh, I don't mean gimmick in a bad way. I just like saying gimmick. Sure. Um, it's an idea that where where you partner up with another uh, organization, you as an individual partner with, uh, say, a um, nomadic entertainment, and you say, "Hey, you're a member of the CMPA. You can apply to this uh, mentorship program with me, and then they will pay for half my salary to work for you." Um, so the idea is that you gain um, experience as a, as a production person. Um, maybe in the producer area, but it doesn't have to be. And uh, and yeah, you you get half your salary paid for, and I think it goes for six months at least, mm-hmm. maybe even longer. Um, but it it 
it did culminate in visiting the um, primetime in Ottawa event, which oh, was cool. very cool because when I was there, Obama was there. It was his first international trip to Canada. And everyone, Barack Hussein Obama. <laughs> that's the <Matt>. one. <laughs> yes, O'Reilly. Uh, the So anytime like his motorcade would go by, everybody would, would stop oh my the God, conference amazing. and run to the window and look. Oh, my God. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it's super fun. They fly you out there to do that and, and you meet the other, like they, I guess they do one or two uh, uh, mentees in each um, city. So you oh, get nice. to, so when you go there, you get, you get, you suddenly have this network of people, you know, in every city all over Canada uh, taking um, kind, of, kind of at the same level as you are. Yeah. Yeah. So who, who did you do yours with? I did mine with 724 films. They do Heartland. Right. And that was um, kind of how you got your career started with them. Would you that's agree? true. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, yeah, I was, I was heading out of school and I did my practicum with them and they were like, Hey, we know about this, this program and you should check it out. So, so they approached you with, they did. The I was very lucky that they were like, Hey, we, we could use some help and here's this program. Let's For do sure. it. Yeah, it's cool. Um, but it's funny because you've recommended this as kind of a way to get a job for oh, absolutely. new filmmakers. For sure, for sure. Um, which I know wasn't wasn't how you did it, but I think it's such great advice is right, to, like, that's is to approach a production company. Absolutely, say, yeah. Hey, look. If you're being proactive, this is a this is a no brainer to, to be like, Hey, I, I'm looking for work. Here's somebody who I could I could approach and they can hire me for half what they would normally right. have to pay me. So could they approach us? They could approach us. We're, we don't qualify this second, but right. if the right situation came up, maybe yeah. we maybe we would become members and apply. Yeah. yeah. Um, sweet. So uh, if you want to get some money or some services in kind, which is as good as money, mm-hmm. uh, and you are in Calgary and you're a member of the Calgary Society of Independent Filmmakers, they have something called their Production Access Fund, which is basically their annual grant. Um, to make films uh, and they break it up into many different streams the first one is the fish fund um, which is available to everyone and you can access up to two thousand dollars of csaf equipment and facilities in kind which is great that's pretty much we've done it it's, it's pretty much all the gear that you'll need for your show and, and post facilities and stuff too they also have a cultural equity fund uh, which provides opportunities for minority artists uh, and you can get up to $1,000 in CSF equipment and facilities and a $250 credit towards a workshop. They have an Aboriginal Voices Fund, and they have an LGBTQ fund as well. All of the uh, deadlines for these um, are August 1st, so start your application now. Um, get it in early, and uh, hopefully you can access that sweet, sweet in-kind money. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, big film festival coming up, the Calgary International Film Festival, uh, and it's happening... Uh, September 21 to October 2nd and this year they're trying to do some some reach out some reaching out to the the uh, 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 Calgary screen industry Um, so if you work in the in the screen industries in Alberta or or Calgary specifically probably um, then you are maybe it is Alberta I think it is yeah yeah it is Um, then you're eligible to apply for an industry pass and get industry accreditation so when you go to the festival you're going to be able to pay the $65 and then you gain access to all the films all the gals all the parties all the screenings all the networking events um, and you can go to whatever you want obviously this is always a thing at film festivals when you have a pass like this you may not get first tickets right but you're gonna have access to the screening unless it's sold out maybe that's the only chance you won't get in but for me it's it's the panels and the networking events that are so, so oh for valuable. sure yeah and um, i think that's what they're targeting here um and and it's nice to see to see them reaching out they're they're, they're saying they you know they really want to they, they value the connection to the local industry yeah. and uh and that's good to hear i'm very pleased that mm. this is a thing um, yeah. so congrats to to sif and uh 
I don't know if we're going to be able to attend because we might be making a movie. <laughs> we might be shooting, yeah. Um, but one day we will one go. Day. I, last year there were some great panels too, yeah. and, I, and and it's great to, to see the side of it growing. Yeah, so that's wonderful for sure. Um, so upcoming workshops and classes. If you're in Edmonton, Fava is having their free for all workshop about location sound. Mm-hmm. Location sound is super important. Maybe so, the most important. I would say more important than anything. <laughs> okay. All right. You'd have the sound of silence, but at least you would have sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing about this free-for-all workshop is that it is free. For right. all. For all? Yes. So if you're for, a FAVA member... What if what if nine people want to come? You cannot. Oh, damn. Well, eight of them can. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Right. yeah. So there's only eight <laughs> spots in the workshop. Um, so uh, check out fava.ca for more information and to register. Uh, this workshop is happening on Sunday, July 24th from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, you will learn how to work a mixer, point a boom, and most importantly, what to listen for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So check that out. So yeah, we were in we were in a bit of a slump for what's shooting in Alberta. We were. Um, Heartland came back, which was great, but Yay. it was a lo- kind of the only thing for a while. And then Tinstar, and now uh, hashtag Roxy is also shooting three concurrent productions in Alberta. Fargo's coming back. Yes, we got some indie features shooting soon. Uh, and the, and things CBC are looking better. Is begging Game of Thrones to come film That's right. in yeah, Canada? Yeah, and they made like saying, a "Hey, request. you need more winter. We've got <laughs> that for you." Yeah, that article even said, "Just ask Leo." And you may not want to ask Leo, but because uh, they were carting in snow, looking for snow. But but yes, if it's a nice winter, yeah, what a, what a great winter uh, it would be in Westeros as well, for sure. Yeah. Although El Nino is over. Oh, really? Or or is beginning. <laughs> oh, okay. I think it's over, and La Nina has begun. La Nina, which means that this winter's supposed to be cold and snowy. Oh, really? Yeah. That sucks. I don't know if that's. If, I, I think it's a thing because we've had friggin' warm winters, right? But anyway, but I guess it's good for the planet. Sure. So good, maybe maybe things are coming back into balance. Yeah, I. No, yeah. That's not happening. Global warming's been great for us. We've had great winters <laughs> these last two years. Hey, I mean the planet's dying, but it's yeah. nice and warm. Yeah, it's been well, yeah, not super warm, but nicer. <laughs> I mean the rain this week has sucked, but that's okay. Yeah. So, uh, production director, we're looking at job calls here, and at the CSIF, there is a, an opening for a production director. Um, uh, that person's going to be managing all the aspects of the organization's equipment rentals, purchasing, maintenance, workshop, planning, and administration. This is a huge job. It is a huge job, yeah. I mean, the CSIF really only has three main staff with some support folks that kind of help out in the summertime, summer students, things like that. Um, so, of the three main roles, this this one... Uh, is very important um, and you know this person is going to be the person making sure that CSF members are getting the gear they need when they need um, and uh, going to screenings and events and, and running projection and, and things like that um, and planning and, and, and formulating the workshop schedule so making sure that, that all, all the great um, uh, instructors are are putting on great classes yeah. that, that and, and that's a big part of the CSIF I think I think um, I don't near I don't do it I haven't done it in a while but man when I was starting out did I ever take workshops and classes at FAVA and CSIF mm-hmm. um, and they're so important and it's such a great way to get your your head in the game and um, it's also a great introduction to the CSIF so if you're a new member that's I think how totally. people Can may in, yeah, first, or, and meet yeah. people and, and yeah. all that stuff um, so it's an important gig yeah so, so Cam McGowan yeah, um, is now working for NUTV. I've heard this in the new Taylor Ross position. Yes, but what does that mean, Matt? In the job calls, what does it mean? It means that there's an opening at 724 Films. Oh right, yes, for of a course. business affairs development coordinator. Of course. So 724 Films, of course, one of one of the largest and most prestigious and best uh, production companies in Calgary, is seeking an experienced coordinator to work in our Calgary office on a full time contract basis. There you go. 
this is a great gig. It, it's a, it's an. You awesome would know better idea. than me for sure, for sure. This is the best. So um, maybe you could speak to what the job is better than me. But well, we talk about. So it's interesting because when I was there, uh, I was the business affairs coordinator, um, and Cam was the development coordinator. And then when I left, there was a restructuring, and he took on also business, the business affairs stuff as well. So it's a kind of a dual role, um, but. I, I've got to say, if you're interested in development, and we've talked about how important development is in the past, um, becoming the development coordinator there is going to be uh, a, um, what's the word when you learn something really fast? Trial uh, by fire. Yes, yeah. Well, yeah, maybe, but or, but also like just a really valuable, like you're going to be in the industry working on development projects and, and learning how development really works. Oh, a fast e-learning. <laughs> That's yeah, what it's yeah, called. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then on the other side, uh, you're going to be learning about and, and completing tasks ar- around business affairs. So that means you're going to become a, a guru of grants and reporting and understand exactly how the tax credit works and exactly how the Alberta grant works and um, and making sure that you are uh, doing things like, um, what's it called? Music licenses was a big one. I did a lot right. of music licenses when I was there. And that's something people forget. You know, Heartland has a lot of music every episode and, and every single track has to be properly administered. So it's the things you don't think about when you're it's making true. movies. It's true. But, but, but yeah, you gotta, critical. you gotta do them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're interested and you, and you think you might be a good fit for this position, uh, please send your resume to office at 724 filmscom So mm-hmm. you spell out the number seven, but then two four. That's right. Films. Yeah. Dot com. Uh, and we'll, of course, have the link to this job posting in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, now let's get into recommendations. Yeah. What would you recommend? Scott? I would recommend something that I know that you haven't done. This is true. And this is to watch Fargo season one and two mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. FX. I have watched maybe 2% of the show. That's... <laughs> That counts. Yeah? Yeah, for sure. I, I can't believe I haven't watched it yet. Key and Peele make an appearance, who I love. They do. That's right. They, before <laughs> I knew that they were Key and Peele. Um, it is, it is uh, sensational. Yeah. And the fact that it was made in Calgary fills my heart with joy. How much are you watching going like, there's an Alberta actor and there's a Calgary location? Not often. No? Um, the first season more so, I think, because yeah. I'm more familiar with Englewood. Right. Um, and the second season, I didn't really... I don't know, it was weird. Period, I, think, right? I think the first season, it, the novelty of it being shot in Calgary, in my mind, was still there. Mm. So it was like, oh, there's Spolumbos, and oh, there's the bow, and, and um, wow, Billy Bob Thornton. There's Billy Bob Thornton walking around in Calgary. This is great. And then in the second season, I kind of forgot that it was shot in Calgary, which is great, because it means that I'm sucked into the show. Right, Plus right. it's period, right? So yeah. they were they were more careful about not showing yeah. that kind of stuff. But uh, then all of a sudden... There's Jason Therian <laughs> as a police officer. Right, right. And so it's, it's those moments where you're like, oh my God, I know this person. Right. Um, so that was cool. Huh. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, 18 Emmys, you can't, you yeah. can't argue with this, yeah, right? It's sure. just absolute must-watch television. And if there's a third season coming, um, best to watch seasons one and two now. Yeah, yeah. So you can I, get them on DVD. I even worked on the show for a couple weeks. That's right, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw the show filming one time. Did you? Yeah, at the plaza. Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah. Huh. But that was that's my story. I saw them in Inglewood a lot when they were when right, doing season one. Yeah. yeah. So my recommendation uh, is going to be a notebook. Huh? This sounds <laughs> this sounds bad. But let me let me unpack this a little bit. Um, yes, having a notebook is great. Are are you like me? And do you think that notebooks should be like clean and 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 I I don't know like, digital like or maybe that you should use certain tabs for certain things? I got to say that it, when I went to Sate, Dan Gascon pulled that out of my head and was like, just get a notebook 
and just to write the class it. and yeah. just whatever it is put all your classes in it just go page after page it doesn't have to be organized it doesn't have to be something that you go back to in 10 years and be like oh this is six different subjects or six different things going on so uh i have recently uh moved over to just a notebook i've noticed this yeah 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 and uh as opposed to trying to keep notes on on, on my computer and uh and i like it because i can just review it and it becomes my to-do list or it just becomes notes or whatever. So I'm liking it. Yeah. yeah you're, you're, you're stepping back in time to a more uh, civilized age. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, the pen is mightier. Right. Uh, but I also I also picked up a, a notebook just for in plain view. So, I, so I'm breaking That's my cool. own rule. But this is just for stuff where I'm, I'm prepping, casting, just stuff that, that – and then that's going to be ha- something that I'll have on set with me. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's a dope recommendation. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. I'm I don't know why I used to I used to feel like you can't yeah, you have to have a bunch of different notebooks or make sure that it's organized and it's like fuck it and just I think it, just do it. That's a great that's a great point and I think people are paralyzed by having to have everything organized mm-hmm. that uh, they end up just missing the point. Right, yeah. Right, <laughs> and not just taking the notes yeah. down. Yeah, for sure. And I use Evernote yes. for, for that kind of stuff. And Evernote has all these organization tools and um, I just realized like a month ago that I don't use any of them. Mm. I just create my notes there. Right. So it's a mess. I mean, it's searchable, which helps, but it's that kind of the nice. same thing, right? Where it's just like, just write, just write. Mm-hmm. Just get your notes, your thoughts down, and then you can go look at them later. Plus, just the, the act of writing thoughts and, and notes from meetings and stuff is just helps you remember them in your brain. Totally. This is true. Yeah, yeah for cool. sure. Okay, well, that's it. That's all. Hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Yeah, thanks for joining us. And as always, you can find us online at uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud. We're all we're AB Filmcast there, and you can email us at hello at abfilmcast.ca. And you should send us an email and say, "Hey, Briar, you do a great job with those notes, with those news, yeah, with those, those deadlines." Yeah. yeah, yo, yeah. Briar. Yeah. Good goodness. <laughs> Good vibes. So thanks to Briar for that, as always. Of course. Well. Fuck it. Go make, Go make something. something.